Welcome to the Maternity and Midwifery Hour, brought to you once a week by the Maternity and Midwifery Forum. This podcast is supported by Matflix, video streaming from maternity experts. All your CPD needs made easy. If you need to get your revalidation done or have a student project to complete, Matflix is the one-stop shop. Hello, everybody. Hi, good evening. My name's Sheena Byram and I'm a midwife and I'm absolutely delighted to be hosting this program this evening for the maternity hour and it's just really exciting because and it's a bit daunting as well because usually it's the wonderful Sue MacDonald who hosts the evening and and for me it's like a a special treat so I'm actually here in the Netherlands at the moment staying with my son so I'm visiting my family so I'm doing it from um, from one of his rooms in his house. So welcome, everybody. If you're joining us uh, online right now, just it's so good that you're here with us because we've got an exciting program with some very inspirational people. And um, yeah, we've got the wonderful Laura Godfrey Isaacs, who is um, going to be speaking to us about her wonderful work. And I'm sure many of you will know Laura already. And we've got Diana Gravina, who is going to be talking to us about her wonderful project. So I'll tell you a little bit more about about them. So welcome, you two. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Great to be here. So before we start to kind of move into the program, I wonder if uh, we could say as part of, you know, our little um sort of welcoming session just think about what's been happening to us all this past week and as usual we have a little moment of the week so where you can tell us what if anything special has been happening to you this week so over to you maybe Laura first yeah I had the great excitement of actually helping my older daughter make her first film this week. So I was on set with her and I was the catering manager and also the first aider on set. And so I was doing all the catering for the the crew of 20. And uh, yeah, she pulled it off. She made her first film, short film. So that was really exciting sort of process and really great to be supporting her in that. So yeah, it's been a pretty full on week. How exciting. And I know you've been working as well, haven't you? I was working today, yeah, I work as a community midwife, so I've been working, pounding the streets of South East London. <laughs> Fantastic. So what, well, that's, a great, that's a great thing to be doing and, yeah, to be helping your daughter especially um, and doing something really different. So thank you for sharing that. And what about you, Diana? Um we just came out of oxytocin of a week of oxytocin so it's hard to think about anything else right now um so i i I think that um it's already another week but i think i'm i'm still in the kind of um past week uh so i i don't know if i have a moment for this week really if not uh being in the garden all day preparing this presentation which has been a treat finally so fantastic but I know that you're going to tell us a little bit more about 
oxytocin during your presentation. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about that because I saw it all on social media, Diana. So you know how Laura shares, beautifully shares her work. And uh, I kept seeing it pop up, what you've been doing. So um, I'm really looking forward to hearing more. And I'm sure that we'll have lots of moments um, to to kind of celebrate during that and uh, to hear about what you've been doing in the past week. So thank you both very much for doing that. And now, just as usual, I'm just going to um, kind of welcome everybody again and just say that we've got some little bits of news to share with you. First of all, um, some news from um, from the Maternity and Midwifery Forum, because actually they've launched a fundraising appeal. So the Maternity and Midwifery Forum, who set up and financed this midwifery hour and ran it all through COVID, has launched a fundraising appeal to help keep all the eight wonderful maternity and midwifery festivals and this, this maternity and midwifery hour every week um, and the weekly newsletters, which are excellent, free to midwives and maternity staff because everything's free, which is, which is totally phenomenal. So, you know, everyone around the world regularly tells the forum, the forum organisers, Neil Stewart's associates, um, how much they value these special resources. So do give what you can, um, but there are a couple of options which come with extra benefits like a free subscription to Matflix, the video streaming from maternity experts. University and Universities and trusts around the UK are now subscribing to it with all the extras it provides for revalidation. And some of you already have it if you're not, if you are at Manchester Hull University of West England, Liverpool Women's Hospital, and many more. So their crowd, uh, their community crowdfunding will keep this all free to midwives and will also help to build new digital content that can be shared from lecture rooms on mobile phones with midwives around the world. As Professor Jackie Dunkley Bent, the new ICM chief midwife, yay! said on the International Day of the Midwife, it's always a pleasure to speak on Midwifery Hour and I always try my hardest to support this excellent platform that's so flexible, that's responsive, that's contemporary, that's in people's homes and in pockets and in people's hands wherever they happen to be. So Jackie said that on the International Day of the Midwife. So if you've benefited at all from the work of the Maternity and Midwifery Forum over the past 10 years, do please make a contribution to carry on this work for all those still to come. ICM uh, in Bali is, is very, it's just around the corner and all for maternity. So my organisation that I um, co-own with my daughter Anna and Matflix will be together um, on a stand. We'll be there on the all for maternity stand and we'll be sending some video messages um, from Indonesia during that time. So do give what you can. Um, if, and if, if you know that would be really beneficial. So um, also just to announce there's a conference welcoming international nurses and midwives on the 20th of June. Um, it's part of the MM, MMF events. And my daughter Anna is speaking on that. And you can book on the MMF website. There's also the Northern Maternity and Midwifery Festival on the 4th of July in Manchester and over 300 um, individuals have booked already. So get your name on the list. Maternity and Midwifery Hour back here next week with the wonderful Sue MacDonald back as chair. 
So I'll be relaxing somewhere, hopefully. If you're going to ICM Bali, do come to the Orphan Maternity Stand and see us, to try and see us if you can. Um, so thank you so much for watching this evening. Um, just three little snippets of news. There's all sorts been happening. And if you get the uh, Maternity and Midwifery for Festival newsletter, you get lots of news in there. And I've chosen three things. But one significant thing for England is that we now have a new midwife, a chief midwifery officer, who is Kate Brintworth. And she's been a midwife for 26 years um, so she's been she brings with her a wealth of experience. She's worked strategically across many parts of the maternity system, including head of maternity transformation at the RCM and the head of maternity commissioning for East London. So we're delighted to hear that news for Kate. So good luck to Kate um, if she's listening. Um, also, there's been some really interesting uh, happenings this week that there's been uh, someone's PhD, Joanne Cull, a PhD student from the University of Central Lancashire, actually published a paper about the fact that uh, women and people were saying that they sometimes if they recounted their, they needed to recount their previous trauma during the antenatal period, but actually it was very triggering and brought up painful memories. And the authors also stressed that staff weren't always ready to to in, to introduce those questions in the antenatal period and that they needed guidance in order to do that national guidance and actually this has been picked up by 170 I think it was um press pieces either in the either in the um daily press or online and it's really had a big impact sort of it's exploded out there I've been actually chatting online with with Joe today so the other thing that I just wanted to quickly mention is that uh, Wendy Warrington, who is a midwife who's been working very closely with um, uh, uh, going to Ukraine and helping women in Ukraine who've been pregnant and other people, she's been doing a vast amount of work, has caught the attention of, attention of Sandy Shaw. Um, because when it was the Eurovision in Liverpool last week, or was it this week, last week, um, she she heard it on the news on BBC Woman's Hour about Wendy. She was so inspired that she's decided to bring back Puppet on a String and all the proceeds are going to charity for Ukraine. So I thought that was quite a bit of interesting news. But there's lots of other things been going on as well. So I'm sure you've got your own news. But now I'm going to hand over to our wonderful guests and I'm just going to introduce them to you properly. But first of all, the programme this evening is the Oxytocin Collective Care, which is an interdisciplinary live event about mothers, parents and carers that uniquely combine a bold programme of performances and live art along with discussion panels and workshops. It creates a platform for critical art practices, intersectional feminist theories and maternity services, as well as showcasing the, worst, the work of artists whose practices and personal experiences are often underrepresented. Under, underrepresented. At its third edition, Oxytocin aims to create an arts, health and community-driven programme to evaluate the effect in, effectiveness of black and brown and disabled people's care and the cultural sensitivity of primary care providers, administrators and staff in maternity services. And as I said earlier, I've been seeing so much about this online and that's why I'm excited 
to hear more tonight. And I thought you'd all want to hear about it too. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce Diana Gravina. Um, they're an artist, an inter interdisciplinary artist, independent curator, activist, mover and community builder. She is the founder director of Procreate Project, a pioneering arts organization dedicated to women and non-binary artists who are mothers. Currently, she's currently an, uh, um, doing an MA in gender, sexuality and culture at Birkbeck University. I hope I've got that right, Diana. So welcome over to you. If you want to share your slides now with everyone, we're really excited to hear from you. Thank you so much, Tina, for the introduction, for the invitation to, um, to be here and talk about one of Procreate Project Platform's oxytocin. Um, I'm just going to do a visual description if that's okay. Um, I am a non-binary femme with olive-coloured skin. I'm wearing a black top and I have two artworks behind me from Amy Dignam and Mela Schoen. Um, so before I share uh, my presentation, I'd like to to say that I might be looking down because I have some notes. Um, so forgive me if I'm not looking directly to you on screen sometimes. I hope that's okay. And I'll try to do my best with my performance, my clicking performance <laughs> uh, on the presentation uh, if I don't forget to do the click while I'm speaking. So here we go. Um, going to share my screen. I've put a picture there or <laughs> one of the first skin to skin moment with my son just to uh, boost a little bit the oxytocin in this virtual room. Uh, <laughs> so I want to say that um, I'm here because of pregnancy. And I'm here because pregnancy made me realize I had all the rights to be a creator. And I think it's important for me to let you know a little bit of the background and how I came to think about an interdisciplinary platform uh, like oxytocin. Um, because of pregnancy, I've started um, and my newfound um sense of identity and a real burst of creativity during this time, I found myself asking questions about the narratives that um, were shared with me until that point around pregnancy. Um, and I was, I'm thankful for having been um, displaced from my country of origins. I'm from the south of Italy into a new place and that kind of um, almost empty space because when I arrived in the UK I didn't know anybody it allowed me to create my own narratives around the experience that I was in um, but I've also realized how the visual narratives and the, the, the information around this time and this state were deeply um, negative 
uh, and they were not reflecting how I was really feeling at the time. And so I've started the only way that I had to make sense of what was happening for me was starting to look for a community and start talking with other people. Um, and that's how Procreate Project started. And from this burst of creativity and the shared experiences with other, other, other people and other artists, that little baby in our light bulb came about. Um, and that's how I started connecting um, more in practical terms, my experience, the experience of other people and um, starting putting them together into different containers that could provide a different representation for, um, for the experience of pregnancy at the time. And then I gave birth. I gave birth to, um, to my son nine years ago. And the experience of birth, despite not being the most ideal one, it really opened up a gate for me. It really made me, uh, it pushed me to look into my priorities. It, it pushed me to um, look into how I could really be into this world and relate to people and context from a more authentic place outside of the cultural um, script that I was imposed um, for a lot of time uh, until that point. So I became curious about how this experience of birth, despite not being so um, positive, so ideal for me, and despite that being such um, a gate opener for a new found awareness um, and a new identity, how could be profoundly impactful um, and how could that experience be, um, be key to how artists, the artists that I was talking to at that time, uh, to relate and to approach to the art and to... Um, enter into this new experience, to enter mothering, the mothering experience, if that experience of birth wasn't so traumatic. Um, so I've, I've, I've just started investigating into the, the potential for birth to be a gate opener and to be um, a positively um impactful experience into someone's life and specifically into the artist's lives uh the artists that i was talking to um and so from pregnancy i started talking about birth i became a birth doula um and um and i thought about hearing about a lot of uh, stories that had to do with trauma, especially uh, with the first births, how creating a bridge and a conversation between the different people and practices um, that take care about people during this crucial time in their lives 
could be a vehicle for new understandings and shared knowledge. Uh, and so that's how oxytocin came about in 2017. And we started from oxytocin birthing the world. And the focus there was really about giving space to different choices, representations of pregnancy of birth and uh, the postnatal period, uh, creating a, a container where a lot of practices could come together uh, and being in a space where um, different manifestations uh, from this experience could be shared and could be witnessed. Um, we were at the Royal College of Art. And then going for further, um, I realized and we talked, uh, we talked a lot about the biases that exist within um, the different systems that provide care. So we started looking into language, into LGBT plus rights, into reproduction politics. We started looking into race and disability. And so oxytocin mothering the world back in 2019 at King's College and this year between Middlesex University and the Science Gallery really wanted to create a space as well for all those experiences and all those concerns and hopes that we have for a better experience of birth for all the marginalized communities and all the stories that um, are still not uh, heard enough. So, um, after three editions of Oxytocin, I'm more and more convinced that art can be a powerful tool for learning and communication outside of what it's often a greatly pressurized birth space and work environment um, within a hospital institutions and beyond those spaces. Um, a lot of times the people giving birth including um, the 34 performance artists that have contributed to the three editions of oxytocin in the past years, weren't in the, in the position to communicate what was happening for them when they were in the birth room. It takes time, it takes processing. And in this case, art, to understand that for themselves and to communicate that to other people. So the element of the live art that I've decided to integrate within the context of um, oxytocin, the oxytocin platform, is there because it brings the lived experiences at the center. It brings an element of ritual and healing practices that can be collectively shared and witnessed. So many of the performances that we have seen during the last um, three editions, also, and especially in the last one this year, brought also with them all the voices and experience of other people, integrating them in, piece, in their pieces of art, amplifying in that way the urge for services and systems providing care to listen. Uh, so these are some images of the work that I've contributed to the different programs. And what has been incredible is that 
bring in these stories, these voices, this different manifestation of pain, joy, and birth. It's, it's really brought people closer. Sometimes, or a lot of times, it takes the lived experience to, uh, or to live witnessing those experiences to get closer to a subject matter and to really get interested and engaged. And I think that, um, I'm sure Laura will confirm, the success of this platform is to really bring together different voices and bring a new platform where learning is not just on a script. Learning doesn't come from books, which... Uh, have been also created with certain bias within that, within words, um, the words that are used, um, the statistics that we use, the data that we collect. It brings together a new way to really reconnect to the human experience, reconnect to each other and create a possibility for change. For, some, for a shift that starts from the inside, from the individual, and then a change that is brought into the collective through everyone's lives and work as carriers. This was one of the works that we have experienced this year. And it was talking about Rubian's experience of giving birth as a, a black woman migrant um, in this country. And he brought together a lot of other testimonials. And together with this works, art and this interdisciplinary platform have the power to also shift the visual narratives and the representations in media that we have of this experience. Um, or that's the hope. Within this platform, we've also decided to integrate um, practical workshop, like the Maternal Journal, uh, which Laura will be talking about um, after, after me. Um, design making, art manifestos, poetry, and that brought within this context the opportunity not just for the artist to share and to use art as um, a tool for healing and processing and, uh, and for uh, voicing messages, but for all. To experience the power of, of interdisciplinarity as a tool for um, collective healing and care. And thank you. Thank you so much, Diana. That was absolutely incredible. And, you know, you had me transfixed for a while and I was trying to think of all the things that I was trying to reflect on some of the things that I've been learning over the past few years whilst listening to you. But um, that's really, really very, very interesting and stimulating presentation. And so very, for me, very, um, yeah, revealing. Thank you.
Thank you very much. I hope we get plenty of questions. If you're listening now, just do write your questions and um, let us know because we can we can ask Diana more about that the the things that you want to ask her. We can do that at the end. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Diana, for that uh, for that wonderful talk. Um, and now we, we I'd like I take great pleasure in introducing my lovely friend uh, Laura. Laura Godfrey Isaacs is an artist, a wonderful midwife and an award-winning author and health feminist. She combines her knowledge and experience in the arts and healthcare to bring fresh creative and interdisciplinary perspectives to support reproductive rights and justice, as well as feminist readings of the body. And just as on a personal note from me to Laura, Laura's been an exceptional friend and supporter of me personally and my daughter Anna and also all the work that we do. And she's got an enormous amount of courage and the compassion in Laura just oozes out of her. She's one of my favourite people in all the world. So welcome to you, Laura. Please do feel ready to share your screen. Over to you. Thanks so much, Sheena. Well, thank you very much. I mean, it's really lovely to be here because, you know, I've been working with Diana for quite a long time and working on oxytocin and also supporting everything that she's doing with Procreate. And she's a very inspiring person. Um, And I think it's really great to have this opportunity to kind of share more her work on this platform, you know, particularly with the midwifery community. Um, So some of you might know that I've sort of come into midwifery quite late personally. Um, I retrained to be a midwife when I was 47. And previous to that, I had quite a long um, time working in the arts. Um, So I worked as an artist, but also as an arts academic and as a creative producer. So I thought that I was leaving all of that behind actually when I retrained um, because I was really happy to to come into this profession, Um, much like Diana, really very much driven by my own birth and kind of mothering experiences and with this kind of motivation to want to, as an older person, sort of move into more of a caring, nourishing kind of profession where I'd be kind of supporting mothers and people who birth um, and sort of bringing, you know, skills over from my previous life and profession, but very much kind of centering it around this new, um, you know, life, uh, this new profession. But sort of Unfortunately, I couldn't really leave the arts behind and it kind of creeps in. And even when I was training, I was kind of thinking all the time about artists and, oh, wow, it would be so interesting to kind of talk about this artist in relation to this issue that we're talking about, etc. And so kind of after I qualified, I started really kind of trying to bring the two things together. Um, and sort of working with Diana has been one of one of those kind of really joyful um positions where I've, I've sort of been able to you know support um, what they're doing and kind of have this network of other people who are working in the arts very much around birth um and and mothering and parenting and caring and trying to sort of connect the the, the dots or trying to connect those all those kind of different people that are in many ways working in the same kind of space but coming at it from different positions with different, you know, genres, et cetera. Um, So I suppose I kind of am really interested in in this kind of arts and creative and interdisciplinary space. Um, And 
some of the projects that I've kind of been working on have been part of this oxytocin event, particularly the one that we just had last week and the week before. And as Diana was talking about, we've had these kind of practical workshops and also kind of panels with speakers. And that, that's the sort of thing that I've been concentrating on. So that's what I thought I would kind of talk about a bit in terms of what we did in oxytocin and also kind of examples of the way that the kind of arts and interdisciplinary kind of practices are very much um, working around all the themes that, you know, we as midwives are concerned about is, you know, trying to create the best possible experience for people that are going through birth, trying to find, provide spaces for them to talk about their experiences and to, you know, create their own narratives, really. Um, so one of those projects, and I've have talked about this in many different midwifery contexts, but part of oxytocin, we did have a maternal journal um, workshop. So that's the project that I've been working on for a number of years now. Um, and it's really about using journaling in the context of bringing people together into groups, um, encouraging their creativity and using journaling prompts as a sort of means to really explore people's birth and mothering and caring um, experiences. So you can see here, I love this quote because it's from someone who took part in one of our journaling circles. And it's really focusing, the reason I chose it is because it's really focusing on how being introduced to artists and their work and also then having that people's creativity being fostered and being supported in this way can be really inspiring and energy giving as she says and also provide confidence and there's a lot of um, research at the moment that really shows how incredibly important being creative can be in your life how it can not only be a pleasure to do it can unlock experiences it can help you process experiences and it can also build you know energy as she says here and confidence it also is a way of connecting with other people. So the benefits of being involved in creativity um, is, is really boundless. And there's another quote here where someone's talking about, you know, pregnancy and parenthood being such a big life experience, how you are changed forever um, and how your identity changes, how you often sort of lose your identity and then have to rebuild yourself. Um, and she's talking about how journaling can be an effective way um, for, for her to explore the challenges and experiences and the new identities found along the way. And I think that's true of any kind of creative activity. So within Oxytocin, we have these practical workshops. It's very much about supporting people's own creativity, but also you'll find a lot of performances which use lots of different strategies, you know, movement, dance, live art, um, and, so, you know, often images as well. So it's kind of finding a way that a creative activity, activity can really unlock your experiences. Um, and I think seeing people's work around this theme of birth and mothering and parenting and caring is a way of often stimulating people to explore that in themselves. So just some lovely images I wanted to show you of people from journaling workshops. Um, and I think that you can see here the sort of variety of ways that people are exploring their creativity. So they're writing, they're drawing, um, they're writing poems sometimes, as well as writing prose. You know, sometimes they're writing kind of this in this automatic way where we give them a prompt and they just respond very quickly. Other times um, we're using collage, 
um, which as you can see on the left-hand side here, we're using bits of paper, could be colored paper, could be wrapping paper, uh, you know, cards, Christmas cards you cut up, often things that you just have around in your house. You don't need fancy materials often um, to do the journaling activities or to explore your creativity. You don't need to have your own studio space, lots of time. Lots of the journaling prompts are very short so that you can see here on the right-hand side, people journaling and writing in their journals um, as, as well as looking after their children. So it's finding this kind of way of, you know, multitasking. We know how busy mothers are, parents are. And so, you know, finding kind of practical ways of exploring your creativity that don't take a lot of money, don't take a lot of time, don't take a lot of expertise. And we're supporting you along the way with all the journaling prompts um, is the way that we've been able to sort of really roll this out not only in the UK, but now globally. And we have sort of journaling groups running all over the world. You can see here on the right hand side, journaling um, is often a very kind of communal activity. So sitting around a table with other people is a form of creating community. I think taking part in any group can be really beneficial, again, for your mental health and well-being. You feel part of the community. You're doing something alongside people. Uh, you're making friends. You're sharing experiences. You're having your own experiences acknowledged and mirrored back to you. You're being heard. These are all very, very powerful things. And on the left-hand side, this is actually um, Gemma, who is a specialist OT who works in a mother and baby unit. So journaling has also been happening in the most, you know, kind of acute settings. Um, so I think that's also a, a sort of interesting and, and a good demonstration of how creativity can be really healing and really powerful, um, you know, in a context where people are, you know, probably going through, you know, the most kind of difficult experiences post-birth. So this is in a mother and baby unit. So journaling, as I've kind of been discussing in quite a roundabout way, is kind of any practice that you do in a regular way. So you might be more familiar with your idea of keeping a diary or sketchbook, um, but journaling really encapsulates any of those practices. And you can see on the right hand side at the top um, a display of journals. And again, you can see the variety of techniques from drawing to photography, sticking things into your journal, writing um, so just any form of creativity you can kind of engage with in a journal. And as I was saying, being in a group um, allows you to really kind of start to unpack some of those incredible changes that happen, but particularly when you go through first pregnancy. So, you know, Diana, again, reflecting back to what she was saying about that, often that first pregnancy, that first birth, there are just such enormous changes that are going on in your body physically, but also psychologically, um, socially. Um, you're often thinking back, reflecting back to your own parenting, your own childhood. Um, it's often a time of um, great leaps of imagination. You'll often have really vivid dreams um, and, you know, again, reflecting on what's happened to you yourself um, and how you were parented and looking forward to how you want to be a parent. So it seems to it's often a time when there's just kind of explosive amount of activity going on and, and a lot of imagination. Um, again, it's a time to hopefully find your tribe, find your community, um, and that connection and that community can be enormously supportive and powerful. Um, and I think journaling and discussing what you're doing and in a wider context coming to an event like Oxytocin or, you know, other conferences where there's an opportunity to listen and 
and talk with other people. It's often a time when we start to unpack those kind of cultural stereotypes around mothering and parenting and birth um, and start to think about, you know, how we are often oppressed by those um, stereotypes and how important it is to try and unpack them, see them for what they are, um, and develop your own kind of course through this experience in a sort of really authentic way. So, I mean, as we are all tonight together online, um, it's also possible, I think, to connect with people online. Um, and a lot of journaling groups actually happen now online. That happened very much because of the pandemic, but actually it provides opportunity for connection. You know, some of these groups, people are, jo are joining from all over the world. Um, which again is fascinating to hear how much we share, but also how we hear different perspectives from people that come from different cultural positions um, and different places. Um, and also what I love about this picture is how everyone looks so sort of proud of what they've created. So again, going back to the sort of power of creativity and how it can build confidence um, self-esteem um, and can lead you anywhere the idea with maternal journal in many ways is that hopefully you get introduced to the idea through coming to a group and then you take it forward into your life and your journaling practice carries on as a means to explore your creativity but also to to support and boost your well-being so a journaling group is a safe place where you can share your experiences, you can explore your creative expression, you can feel valued and heard. Um, it's not about practical parenting. Um, and you might often, and you do, surprise yourself with what you actually create. Um, and those spaces are really for um, anyone who's been pregnant, given birth, um, or identifies as a mother, or a gender non-conforming or non-binary carer or grandparent. And you definitely don't need any creative skills to come along and start exploring your creativity. We use these guides, um, which are created mostly by artists, but lots of midwives as well have contributed and other birth workers. Um, so like this, this one that I've got here, it's a very simple exercise where you draw around your hand and then you're invited to fill up the hand with all the ways that your hand does caring work. And that can be caring for yourself, caring for others, obviously, particularly for your ch children. Um, and it's amazing to see just two examples here of how different and unique everybody's response is to that journaling prompt. We then share what everyone's done and um, we get this wonderful kind of conversation going um, where everyone is sharing their own individual perspective. So the other workshop that um, I have kind of created and we had at this oxytocin event this week is Birth Cafe. So this is based on the model of a death cafe, which some of you might be familiar with. So it's a very open event where people are encouraged to come sit in small groups. And the invitation is that you talk about um, what birth means to you. And the reason I was interested in, in creating this platform is because I often feel conversations about birth are kind of seen as not important beyond the scope of people who have actually given birth. So most mostly cis women um, and also people that work in the profession, whereas much like death, we are all born. Um, and so, you know, birth is incredibly important. How we give birth, but how also we are born can have and does have a lasting impact 
on a physical, psychosocial, cultural and spiritual life. And here again, I've got some examples of artists um, who I think take us beyond um, these kind of um, mechanistic um, interpretations of birth, the way that birth particularly is depicted in the media and has been kind of reduced to this kind of dramatic event, um, devoid of its wider significance. Um, so, you know, just an image here from One Born Every Minute where the way birth is depicted in the media now, you know, has become really reduced, I think, to a medical um, experience. Um, people don't necessarily witness other people giving birth unless they are a doula or they've perhaps been a birth companion. Um, and so our experience of birth is very much dictated by how it's portrayed in the media. Um, so with Birth Cafe, it's really an attempt to invite people to come and talk about those wider meanings and significance of birth in all its complexity. So you can see some pictures here actually from the oxytocin event, which was on uh, the on, on Saturday the 20th, just, just passed. Um, so you can see on the left um, <coughs> is uh, to um, Anna Horn, who's a lovely doula, who also ran a fantastic um, breastfeeding um, workshop. Um, and on the right is um, a midwife that I met who came up for the event from, from Birmingham. Um, and on the right, you can see the birth cafe. So quite similar to the maternal journal, we're sitting around a table together. Um, but the invitation very much is to talk, is to say why you're there, why you were interested in attending. And then everyone goes around the table and inevitably conversations develop um, from there. And the rules as such are um, about very much respectful listening. Um, so to think about how people might want to talk not only about births that they've had themselves, but they might want to talk about their own birth story. I think many, many people will know the story of their own birth. And sometimes it becomes this almost this kind of origin story. And sometimes it can be quite um, difficult because perhaps your mother talked to you about that the birth was very difficult for her, for example, and that could have impacted, um, you know, your relationship in some way. So we also invite people to think about perhaps their own birth story um, and also then to lead into wider conversations about how birth is portrayed in our culture, its meanings. Um, so that is, is, is a project which has run quite a few times and it can, I've run it also online as well as in person. Um, and then just a very quick mention of the uh, panels that we had at Oxytocin and this exciting opportunity that that has created whereby like the whole event itself, the panel speakers have been interdisciplinary. So for this um, event, we had two panels. One was talking about decolonizing maternity care and some of the speakers you can see on the right-hand side. So Anna Horn, again, um, on the far right, Krishna, who is a, um, a trans artist of color, who's making a whole project about um, becoming pregnant as a trans person. He's a performance artist. And at the bottom was Amali, um, who you saw in a slide earlier, taking part in the maternal journal, but she spoke because her work is so interesting. She's an obstetrician, a gynecologist, but she has created these wonderful books um, where she uses, you know, quite a poetic style of writing. She's collaborated with illustrators and she also has done a lot of work um, about decolonizing not only maternity care, but also maternity um, curriculum. 
And on the left-hand side, we had a panel which was about the experience of care for deaf and disabled people. Um, and again, we had a panel. So at the top, there is uh, Sahira, who's a deaf artist that I've worked with in Maternal Journal. And she was talking about her experiences um, being a, a deaf uh, person giving birth and some of the barriers that she's faced. Uh, it was chaired at the bottom here um, with, with the longer hair and the red jacket by Hannah Bonnenbaugh, who's a disability activist and she's a GP. Um, and she was talking a lot about, you know, being actually a disabled doctor and also her own journey that she's now considering um, she's a gay woman to, to go on her own pregnancy journey. And on the left was Tracy, who is works with many organisations around um, rights for disabled mothers um, in terms of the very high numbers of children that are actually taken into care um, from women who have disabilities. So it was very powerful listening to all of the advocacy work that she's doing around that. So that's not all the speakers, but just to give you a flavour of how exciting it was to bring these panels together where, again, you're bringing people who are working around issues of pregnancy, birth and care um, as artists, as activists, as healthcare professionals um, and, and kind of generating these very rich conversations. So that that is really just to give you a little sort of flavour of some of the work that I've been doing in this area and that was presented um, at Oxytocin and gave me the opportunity to um, bring this work, you know, into this larger platform. So thank you. And I'm really happy to take any questions from people. Thank you so much, Laura. Gosh, um, it's always an absolute pleasure to listen to you and to hear you talking about your your creativity as well as your midwifing. And I just, one of the things I wanted to ask you was um, if you have any thoughts or desires to come up to the north of England, either to the Midlands or the north to share some of these amazing workshops, because I know a lot of what you've done, most of what you've done, I guess, has been in London. And uh, I know that the rest of the country is probably desperate to have some of your your uh, you know openings because I just think what you're doing is you're amplifying you're you're supporting the amplification of many voices and breaking down so many barriers and I know you can't do it because you all you know the ones who you are already involved you're already doing many many things but just in the future whether you would consider that well just quickly to answer for myself like both birth cafe and maternal journal are actually formats that are freely available Online. So both of them, you know, have um, websites um, and then you can access the formats and Maternal Journal has rolled out all over the UK and, and globally. So we've got a big hub actually in Wakefield. Oh, um, so the Art House Wakefield in Wakefield <laughs> um, have been running Maternal Journal workshops for about 18 months um, and they're rolling it out actually with the NHS there. So, you know, that is a format that is really decentralised and the same with Birth Cafe. You know, the format is freely available on, on, on the websites. Um, so anyone can do it. So yeah, anyone yeah. can do it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually I forgot to show the last slide that had the, all the links and everything. So I'll put them in the chat box, shall I? Will people be able to see? I don't know if they can see in the chat box, but yeah, if you, you, 
You can just find maternaljournal.org and birthcafe.org, both websites. Yeah, we can set we can include those in the in the post Thank when you. we share when we share it. We can we can include those links. Um what what, what struck me, I, I'm just gonna sum 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 everything up in a moment, but what struck me was um, I, I forgot to really thank midwives at the beginning of this session and all maternity workers, obstetricians and student midwives and doulas, everyone to, for their enormous amount of work that they're doing at the moment with challenging times, you know, just to remember to really be grateful for those people that are working, including yourself, Laura. Um, but what struck me with both of your talks was how what you were saying would support midwives and students and doulas and and everybody working in in the birth field and not just the, those that are accessing services and giving birth. So there's so much support there, isn't there? Sort of, you know, the psychological support for for individuals. So I was really thinking I should mention that. But we have one question that's come in already from from the listeners. But just before that, I just wanted to kind of summarize some of the things you've said that have really kind of resonated with me. Um, and what you said, Diana, was that um, which which was wonderful that you you were kind of portraying the the you know that the message that birth is a gate opener and that your project is birthing the world which i absolutely loved you know that was so fabulous for me to hear that and that you're creating a space where different practices come together um and what you're hoping for is better experiences for birthing for marginalized communities um and that art is a powerful tool for expression um, for learning and also for healing as well, which of course we all need to know about that. And you know, I'm learning so much from from you from you guys. Um, and that you know, art is amplifying the need for what you're doing as well. Your whole project is amplifying the need for services to listen, um, and that learning isn't just in a script. That uh, with, because very often there's biases there. But it brings together a new way to reconnect and to create a possibility for change. So that's what I took away from your your presentation. So thank you so much. And Laura, what you brought was to say that the benefits of creativity are boundless. And when you when you present your slides and what you've been doing, that comes across really, really clearly. And that journaling, which you taught me how to do, and I've been trying my best to do it, I keep forgetting though, but um, really, you know, challenges stereotypes. And you know, your hand slides that you, you had with the, the different perspectives. I love that because we've just been talking about midwives' hands and caring for women and birthing people and families and how we use our hands for everything for, through sense and through feel and touch and, you know, the whole, the whole thing. So so I loved I love the hands one and I'm going to do that myself I think it's in the book it's in the book yeah, I, I know it's in the book because I've got the book yeah I know it's in the book, in our book. yeah it's a, in quick, it's a quick plug for the maternal journal book <laughs> and you don't have to be maternal to use it because I'm a grandmother and I'm using it for different reasons so yeah it's fantastic so um so thank you so much both of you uh, just one question now that's come through already um so uh, one moment. It's from Kashmiro Hawker, who said, do these creativity strategies reduce postnatal depression? Would you like to answer, Laura? Maybe both of you. 
Yeah, I mean, maternal journal is used in, you know, lots of different contexts. As I said, I showed how it's being used in, you know, mother and baby units where people obviously are suffering or experiencing very severe mental health issues. Um, and it is being used by other NHS, you know, trusts, etc., with in perinatal mental health services. Um, so, you know, and then it's used in lots of other contexts with with people that have given birth. Um, so I think that, as I was saying, there's a lot of research that shows any creative activity has benefits for your mental health and well-being. Um, it's not a sort of you know, thing that's necessarily prescribed. I think it can be a tool alongside lots of other strategies. Um, so I think any creative activity, but definitely taking part in a journaling group can be a, a very positive thing um, if you're having mental health issues, whether that's depression, anxiety, um, or if you are in a more severe context, you know, with people trained to support you um, with whatever condition you might be experiencing at that time. So I wouldn't say it's, you know, going to be on its own, um, you know, enough that if you have postnatal depression, you should definitely be under the care of a perinatal team, you should be getting support with your, with your well-being and your mental health um, from those professionals, but a journaling group um, or journaling on your own will definitely be a positive thing for you to do. Thank you. Did you want to add anything, Diana? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd just like to say that um, accessing a dedicated creative environment in the context of a community is also something that we offer um, with other platforms at Procreate Project, like the Mother House Studios, which is an artist studio with integrated childcare. Um, we have witnessed the power of art as a healing tool for a lot of people. Um, I guess that oxytocin, what he's trying to do is to both provide a space for healing, but also to provide a space for eventually to get some change and to reduce the um the chances of having a traumatic birth and postnatal depression um and to that um i would also like to add that is not just about using art for people who have given birth to process their uh, traumas and experiences um but it's also for care providers and we have seen how oxytocin has been a really powerful tool for themselves to look after their mental health which we talked about during oxytocin be extremely important uh, in order to be able to uh, connect to people to empathize and um and so we've provided that space in which they could actually stop, reflect, and use those tools, that creativity, um, that is creativity and art making to also, also process their own experiences of carers and witnesses. Mm. Thank Very you. good point. Thank you. That's a really good point and actually answers another question that's been um, proposed, which is, um, Kate has said she's thinking that these forums um, would be very helpful for midwives and birth workers who need to be able to process their own trauma. This will contain their emotional capability to be able to provide 
this for women and birthing people, which, you know, you've, you've actually addressed. And that's what I was alluding to as well, really during my, my summing up. Um, Cause I think we all need this, don't we? We all need some new ways of connecting and of and 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 of releasing like you say and reflecting and then pause pausing and reflecting and and then finding new ways of being able to express ourselves um, i mean the journal journal sorry just to quickly add has been you you know the one of the last times i saw you um sheena was at that um midwifery student conference yes. where i did a session and everybody we actually did that hand um yes exactly together with student midwives um and so yeah I mean it has been taken up quite a lot by student midwives and midwives and other birth workers and many many of our groups are actually run by doulas um so you know I've presented at the doula conference so yeah there's there's a lot of interest in how obviously birth workers can use it with their whoever they're looking after their clients their, their women their people are looking after but also for themselves absolutely um, yes yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you both so much. And uh, Kate also asked about how to access um, uh, Birth Cafe and also Procreate and uh, Maternal Journal. And the the links are in the chat. So on on the on the um, they're there in the in the links underneath. So hopefully, Kate, you'll be able to see those now. Um, and it's time to sum up. Can you believe that an hour has gone already? Doesn't it go quick? Like you yes, just you know, would it be okay to add just one quick thing on, uh, yes. on the previous point? I just wanted to mention that one of the strategies of taking oxytocin and its interdisciplinarity into different institutions like the King's College, the RCA, the Science Gallery and the Middlesex University, it was actually to really make sure that this um, this platform uh, and, and, uh, and these tools reached also students, midwifery students and care providers. And so that's why we're not starting in, in, the, in one point, but we're really touring and trying to bring this contents and, uh, and ways um, into, into, into different institutions, universities and contexts. Thank you. So just to say one more time, I'm full of gratitude for you spending your whole evening with us tonight to share what you're doing, the fabulous work that you're doing to support the whole world, really, with your your wonderful, you know, expressions of art. And I appreciate that. And I also appreciate all the work that you're doing um, as well as, as coming to tell us about it. So thank you very, very much for, for that. So just, just before we say goodbye to everybody, I just want to say that um, just a reminder to all those who are listening that um, the Maternity and Midwifery Forum has set up now this, this fundraising appeal so that they can continue during difficult financial climate to provide free resources to midwives, student midwives and all birth workers to help childbirth and child rearing to be the very best it can be so these are amazing opportunities for us to come together like this evening and it's everybody's given their time freely it's all done you know sort of voluntarily so if you can gift any money 
then um, there is the, the, the links are there to be able to do that. So thanks again, everybody. Thank you for joining um, us as the speakers. And thank you to all of you who've joined us tonight on the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. Really appreciate you being here. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this last hour. So thank you and good night. Thank you for joining us for the Maternity and Midwifery Hour. This podcast has been made possible by the team at Maternity and Midwifery Forum and our CPD partners, Matflix. You can sign up at matflix.co.uk.